Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real. We all know I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joke. <laughs> Look, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk funnies. Let's talk about some successful people. Let's talk with successful people in this industry. Top performers, team leads, and people who are leaving a lasting influence and legacy in this industry. So, take out a pen and paper, jot down some notes, or if you're in the car driving, make sure you go back and take some notes. Alrighty then. Let's see who we get to chat with today, shall we? All right, guys, welcome back to the No Soliciting Experience. I have the great pleasure to have Lindsay Tuiofu with me today. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on. It is a pleasure. Um, want, do you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah, so um, a little bit of backstory about me. Um, I was a liaison for numerous companies. Um, I strategized in expanding businesses, increasing revenue, streamlining and implementing systems and processes. I am a connection coach. Um, I assist individuals in deepening and strengthening their communication skills, enhancing synergy, and creating a roadmap to align and actualize people's goals and dreams. Um, I've coupled my background with coaching, and what that allows me to do is share my inspiration, abundance, and joy with everybody. Um, and I've just like over the years facing challenges. Um, all of those things have assisted, brought me to today. Uh, two of the main principles that I've lived by throughout the industry um, that I learned from knocking doors was work all the hours and stay positive. And by utilizing those principles and applying those into my life, it has actually um, allowed my gifts to come through to connect with people on a much deeper level. Okay, nice. So working all the hours and being positive. And the other one was. Or was that, was that both of them? That was both of them. Okay. Working all the hours and staying positive. There we go. And it's, it's something that is, is harped on a lot. It's kind of, it's almost like preaching to the choir, but if you're not doing it, it's, um, one of the things that I recently talked to one of my guests on is, uh, is, um, was the law of attraction, right? The more you work the hours, right? Whether you believe in God or whether you don't, right? You're religious or not, um, speaking it in the aspect of the universe, the more, all, all the hours you work, you're just putting in sweat equity, right? You're just kind of mm -hmm. building and compounding all that. And if you stay positive, then the results will come, right? So it's super, I, I think that's super awesome that, that, that you mentioned that. Um, so you have a background in the door-to-door -door industry, right? You've sold and now you're in operations. Uh, when you were selling, who, who were you selling for? I sold for Vivint. Okay. Um, Jeff Mendez was my regional manager and he was the one who actually taught me, I mean, our whole region, those two core principles and looking back now, you know, it's been nine years. 
Um, looking back at how those two rules applied to my life and why they became two of my very core values that I live by is because there was a decision I made when knocking doors while applying those principles that laid the, the foundation for the rest of, you know, the last nine years of my life and will continue to lay the foundation as I continue throughout my life. Okay. Awesome. So let's, let's talk on that a little bit more. How, how can, how can knocking all the hours and staying positive go beyond, beyond the doors? Oh, I remember I, so I started as an office admin. I was a personal assistant and I saw these guys role playing and I'm like, dude, I'm only making, I think I was making like 10 bucks an hour. And I saw these guys role playing and I'm like, I can do this. I can go be on the front line. I'm seeing how much money they're making. It was a ridiculous amount. And I had never seen any money like that. I had come from a very small town and shipped myself out to West Texas of all places. And seeing what these guys could do, I'm like, I can do this. So I go out on the doors. I listen to Mendez and he says, listen, work all the hours and stay positive. That's it. Typically for women in the industry, they're like, oh, women aren't that great because you are emotional and yada, yada. And Mendez made it very clear. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, whatever your gender is irrelevant. You work the hours and stay positive and you will be successful. I go out on the doors. The first week I completely fall on my face. I'm like, oh man, I don't know that I'm cut out for this. Like maybe I just can't do this. And they're like, no, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So week two comes, fall on my face again. And I'm like, ah, like this is, I'm literally getting my face kicked in. And there's, this is the most frustrating thing. I want to make money. I know that I can do this. And all I could hear in the back of my mind was work the hours and stay positive. So I put my head down. I continued to push forward. And I remember walking up to this lady street. I could literally drive to Midland, Texas and show you the exact road and the exact house that I was at when I got my first sale. I'm standing in front of this lady's house and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I, I have confidence in myself, work the hours, stay positive. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I didn't have a pitch dialed in. It was very much see one, do one, teach one. I had already been shown how I've, I've seen one. Now it's time for me to do one. So I go to this lady's house and I knock on the door and I'm like stumbling all over my words. And I just remember, <laughs> I just remember my manager doing this technique where you point over the shoulder or it gets them to like lean back and we transition. So I point over the shoulder. I'm like, Oh yeah. Do you have like one of those flip down uh, thermostats with like the green and black wire? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, like let's step in. So I point to her shoulder and I lead her into her house. And I'm like thinking in my head, Oh my gosh, I'm getting in the house. I don't know what's happening right now. Like, where am I going to go from here? And so internally, I'm just, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, okay, one foot in front of the other, stay positive, just trust the process. So I get through and I end up going in and all the guards fell down and I went through the process and I closed my first deal. Mm -hmm. There was a decision I made right before I knocked on that door though. 
because those two core principles of work all the hours and stay positive, I could have given up in that moment. I could have said, well, I've gotten my face kicked in for two weeks. You know, what's this store going to be any different? And I didn't, I, I put my head down, I stayed positive and I continued moving forward. Going back to your question of how does that principle apply to life? There's, there's many, there's many choices that I've made where I've been in that position, decision. Am I going to continue to push forward with an enthusiastic mentality or am I going to buy into my story, buy into my excuses and hinder myself from progressing? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that, okay. It's, and that's, and that's something that regardless whether, I mean, I have, there's a lot of people that listen to this that are still in the industry. Some people that are no longer in the, in, in the industry, but those two simple things of working all the hours and staying positive, regardless what, what you're doing in life, just as long as you stay positive and you put in the work, results will come. A hundred percent. So I have a cosmetology background. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like 99% of women probably also have a cosmetology background. At some point it was like, okay, I have a vision of, you know, being a stay at home mom, I'm going to get a skill under my belt and, and that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, when I chose to go out and knock doors, I had no idea how, what I learned knocking doors would apply to my skill set as a cosmetologist and what I learned not only in connection and relationships, but it was working all the hours and staying positive. The more I was focused on working the hours success, you said earlier, the law of attraction, that stuff just has an ebb and flow of going in and coming out and going in and coming out. The more that I work, I fine tune my craft. They always say it's like 10,000 hours to become a master. Mm -hmm. And working all those hours, all of those hours add up. And so 100% I saw a return as I worked all the hours and I stayed positive. Those people were literally attracted into my space. There you go. Um, Gosh, so going back and prior to this, we're talking about all the people we know. You know a lot of the old school OG door knockers that are now executives, owners of, you know, multiple companies. One of the things that comes to mind as you were talking was this thing that Thomas Schaefer taught me a long time ago. Like when I first started that success is the consistent application of basic principles. And that's one of the things that throughout, you know, I've been in the industry for almost six years now that stuck with me, right? Just the consistent application of basic principles. And he's like, nope. oh, go ahead. Um, and it's, it, it was simple because I came in, I was pretty successful at first, and then I fell on my face. It's one of those, it's a really high, and I got really high on my highs, and it was only inevitable for me to come back down, and I came crashing down hard. And he took me off to the side, and he's like, look, Rick, listen, you want to be successful? Success is just consistent application do things consistently, work the hours and stay positive, do these little things and you'll see everything turn around. And it did. It, it took some time, but I had to 
deposit that into the account of, okay, I'm depositing this, I'm, I'm depositing these applications, I'm depositing, you know, my, my routine, my habits. And when the success came, I just withdrew from that account and it was fantastic. I love that you say that. So there's five influential people in my life that have, that have been essential to my growth. Mm -hmm. So the first one being Colby Drew. Colby Drew used to throw down back in the day. I mean, homeboy was out in, I think he was top rep at Vivint in 2010, threw down 36 in a week. Obviously now the records back then that was a lot. Now, obviously things have changed and there's tons of people in the industry who have surpassed that. But thinking back then we didn't have the tools. He didn't have the tools that we have now. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal. Having him mentor me and coach me on what to say, how to fine tune my pitch. It wasn't the standard, here's a robotic pitch, follow it. It was a broken down process of how do I make this feel natural to me so that I can connect with my customers on a deeper level. Tying into your consistency, um, Jordan Leishman. Jordan Leishman is a bad A. <laughs> he was also one of my co-managers back at Vivint and he was the most consistent rep Every single day, he never came home without one. He wasn't like, I'm going to throw down five. It was just like, yep, I'm just going to want to consistently one a day, one a day, one a day. Obviously, that led to his success. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jeff Mendes, he was super, super influential. And one, it was understanding leadership at a high, high level where he didn't even really know me, right? He wasn't in my office but you better believe he knew me when he came to my office because there was this level of inspiration and drive that kicked in that competitive nature that automatically kicked in because I knew that he was in the space and I wanted to shine. I wanted my name on the leadership board. I wanted to stand out as a woman. I literally will never forget when he called out on, on one of their little uh, videos, he called out to the guys you guys better pull up your panties because Lindsay's beating you. And I just remember my ego just, I was on fire. I'm like, dude, this is so great. Like, I just loved that feeling. Um, and then Kenny Cox. So I actually went out and knocked doors uh, with my daughter, uh -huh. single mom. And at this point I, I had missed the industry and Kenny was also a very powerful leader in consistency and going back, going back now thinking, I can't believe I went out and knocked doors with my daughter. Like she was, you know, almost two at the time. Yeah. And I remember people in the office being like, Hey, can I rent your kid? Like you're closing <laughs> deals and I want to try and do that too. Um, and it was a time where I didn't think that I could go back and do that. I thought that there would be something, obviously having a kid with me to get in the way. And Kenny, Kenny and Ricky just like really paved a way for me to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Sam Taggart has really shown me a powerful way to execute and brand and unite and follow with passion. And so I look at those five leaders, I look at their level of consistency and how they know their exact mission, their purpose, 
and they have such passion and enthusiasm with everything that they do and the results show. Exactly. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just processing all this um, as you're talking and that's what it is. It's just consistency working the hours and staying positive. Um, recently I was on a call with uh, Pessy, Danny Pessy, right? And um, one of the things that he said that just going along this, right, is you have to be almost evangelical about what you do. And that's going back also to what was talked at Door to DoorCon with Ed Milet, right? You have to be evangelical about what you do. Um, you're not just some door knocker. Don't be ashamed of it, right? Be passionate about what you're doing. And again, it, if, if you're not passionate about what you're doing now, whether you decide to make a career in the industry or you decide to, you know, leave and pursue, you know, other, other ventures in life, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. So it goes back to working the hours and staying positive and just focusing on one thing at a time and doing it consistently. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much right now. I love this. Um, so you go from sales, right? And it, in the last couple of years, you've been more on the operations side of things. Right? Yeah. So um, at the time I got married mm -hmm. and um, he made more than I did. He was a manager. So it only made sense to you know, funnel sales or like work alongside, it didn't make sense for me to close the deals, but something happened when we went out and sold together because all of a sudden our customers loved this power couple, this dynamic duo of like, Oh, you guys do this together. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that there's a lot of people in this industry that don't get to have that type of connection in their relationship together. Because typically, I mean, this is like a, a, a man dominant industry, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few women in the industry represent, yep. but the, but it's predominantly men and looking at the dynamics of the relationships is that the women stay home and the men go out and grind. And we all know summer season where it's like, go, 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 right. Solar wasn't really a big hit yet. Back then it was like, I'm going to uproot my entire family. I'm going to move to some podunk town. I'm going to crush it in sales. And then we're going to take the rest of the year off or maybe do a few preseason trips. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of relationships suffered during that time because the wives are like, well, I'm at home all day. I have a kid running around. You're out doing whatever you're doing, getting all this recognition and having all this like, bro sessions and the camaraderie and all of this stuff. And I'm just sitting by the pool or at home by myself away from my friends and family. And it's created this disconnect where it's mm -hmm. like the wife wants to be supportive of the husband because wives are grateful that they're going out grinding, making the money and they're able to buy a home and a car and all the things that they had originally panned out with each other before they got married. Mm -hmm. But what it did was it started to separate and hurt relationships. And so as a wife at the time, I got to experience the joy and the excitement from, from him. I got mm -hmm. to see why he did what he did. And because I sold, I got to see the payoff. It was like, it wasn't just about the money. It was like, we're actually on the forefront lines 
taking care of these people, protecting their homes. This wasn't something that it was just like, oh, I'm doing this for a job. I considered myself a superhero. Call me Wonder Woman, whatever. I felt like the people that I was going into their homes, I was blessing their lives, whether it was through automating their, you know, coming home were protected or ensuring that their energy bill was not skyrocketed or they didn't come home to a super hot house or whatever. It was like being able to visually see the home being protected, knowing that the company supported all of those homeowners in protecting their homes, monitoring all those things. That was so, 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 so powerful for me. So I got introduced my mindset started to shift as I got into that space. And then I started to learn about the operations, how things worked, why they worked. Um, I started working for corporate, mm -hmm. Vivint corporate, and I got to see the response time. I got to see the ins and outs of how the company worked and why they structured it the way that they structured it. And I always had this, I would say like an engineer mindset where I like to take things apart and put them back together. Mm -hmm. I like to take them apart and see if I can put them back together in a new way mm -hmm. or a faster way. And I decided to switch over to the solar industry and switching over to the solar industry. Um, I moved out to New York and got to see the processes and how all that happened. I got to open offices and I got to see how that worked and introduce operations. And I got to see, you know, all the ins and outs of things work on the operations side and why, and how that converts to sales and how operations and sales were really two separate divisions. I know, obviously that's a logical thing to say, but those two departments oftentimes don't effectively communicate mm -hmm. and, and operations doesn't understand why sales are needy, right? You have those sales reps that are super needy or over promise and don't want to under deliver. And so the expectation of operations, there's just this disconnect. And so you have these operational people who are like, man, you know, I have this sales rep. I'm sure you've heard it in an office. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have this sales rep that is just always promising this customer this, and we don't even do that. And how are we going to fulfill this? And and so there's this disconnect. So understanding as a sales rep, the needs of the customers, it was so powerful for me to be in that space and transition over to operations because I understand the customer's needs. I understand the sales rep's needs. I understand the operations process. And now I can communicate with all three mm -hmm. because I understand all moving parts. And that's what really fascinated me and why I got further into my experience in operations because I wanted to create a harmonious flow not only for sales and for operations but for the customer experience mm -hmm. see that's that's super important because um, most most sales reps they just don't understand operations it's just they sell it and just magically it gets serviced the system gets installed the panels get installed but there's so much more that goes into it to make sure that it, it, it happens right um, and yeah some sales reps are needy I, I get that <laughs> so, um, we have the sales reps that understand I just need sales I want to hit bonuses I want this I want that 
So diving into relationships just a little bit. Is, yeah, go for it. So having, having this sales rep that's like, oh, I have this bonus on the line. I'm going to go and all of a sudden that I'm going to call it enthusiasm, the excitement of, oh, I, I'm on the line for a bonus and all these things sometimes can get in the way that transference of energy gets in the way of connecting with a customer. All of a sudden that customer might feel pushed. They might feel uh, all this pressure. And that's not the sales rep's intention. So something that assisted me through that process of, okay, I have a bonus on the line. How am I going to share this excitement and passion with the customer? And I just told them flat out, Hey, I'm in a competition. So if I'm like overly eager or I'm like, you know, pushing you to a point where you're not comfortable, please let me know. I'm just so excited. And I am committed to freaking smash these boys face in. I want to dominate. I want to be on top. And all of a sudden my customers buy-in was at a different level because mm -hmm. they not only saw it as not only do I want to serve you, but now I'm going to show you what I do. Yeah. And so it enhanced that energy or synergy and it, mm -hmm. and it actually assisted in closing the deals. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Not just that, but it brings a level of transparency. You're a person, some random person at the door and they're trying to figure out why, why is she so pushy? Like, why is she so excited? Right. And you yeah. let them in like, Hey, I'm in a competition. Right. So one, they understand where your excitement is Two, you let them know like, Hey, I, I want to, I want to smash these guys. And they're like, okay, awesome. Yes. If, if you get a wife at home or if, if you get like a guy who understands competition, they're going to be like, heck yeah, I want to help this girl out. Right. And then you're just bringing everything in. That's, that's super awesome. Um, but yeah, that's what it comes down to is just transparency. You're able to communicate what you need to communicate. Um, and that's one of the things that uh, we, we, uh, we plan on talking about is relationships and communication. So it's super good that, that, that we're getting into this right now. So, um, hold on, sorry. So with that, right, you understand operations. What's something that just your standard rep, your first year, few years in, what, what could be something from the operations standpoint that you can shed some light onto them? Just some basics up for, for them to know. So, so for a first year rep, um, I think there's all this pressure when it comes to, I need to memorize a pitch. Mm -hmm. If I memorize a pitch, steps to success process, you know, Vivint has their four steps. Um, <laughs> it comes to authenticity, mm -hmm. stepping into a space of authenticity and really understanding the flow supports supports and closing sales. I mean, so if I just go and I come into a new space and I don't understand operations and I'm just going and generating deals and I'm closing deals and I don't understand the process, one, I'm not going to communicate properly to my customer that their expectations of what, how long is it going to take? How much does it cost? What is the process? Does somebody need to be home? Um, who is the type of person coming to my home? Can I trust them? There's like all these things that go into a sale that as a new person, all you're focused on is getting the deal, right? It's like, well, I don't understand the process. So I'm just going to be thrown out and I'm just going to talk to people and I'm going to stick mud to the wall and, and hope that it <laughs> stays mm -hmm. there. And so 
understanding the process before going out, I had the opportunity, obviously running the office side to see, okay, after the contract, where does the contract go? Like back in the day, we didn't have digital contracts. We had physical contracts that we had to mail to corporate, cross that they got it, make sure that I filled out all the information. If I missed the knock date, it was like, hey, you got to go re-sign this contract. So like going back then and remembering like those steps to success were vital to know. Otherwise, you weren't going to get paid on a deal. And we were a satellite office, so we moved every three weeks. Now everything is digital. You have access to all information, even customer information before you even get to the door. And so the tools now, it's just a different beast, right? Mm -hmm. And so now all you have to really do is understand how to log information or log in to a portal and connect with a customer. Now the sales process has, has become so simple, but I do want to say nobody sells now like the original people. And, and this is what I mean by this. COVID, right? COVID-19. Door knockers are not really allowed to go knock. You have a few people who are still going and you have a lot of people who are virtually knocking, connecting. They're trying to generate leads. I, (laughs) so obviously working so closely with Sam, um, I had the opportunity to see inside lots of different companies. I got to see their, their systems and processes. I got to see their door approaches, things that were working and not working what I experienced observing throughout the industry is that people have gotten out of touch with personal connection. It's like people dating on the internet, right? Oh, I'm just going to swipe right or swipe left. There's no real engagement of who is this person? What is their energy like? What would a conversation be like? Not just like, Hey, what's up? How are you? I think you're attractive, whatever. It's like, no genuine connection where, There's just this flow of energy where I talk and you talk and then I talk and then you talk and then maybe you cut in and I'm laughing and there's this flow of energy that is missing in today's world, in today's market, in the way that sales are going because everything is so digital. And so there's an art in selling door to door that I feel like is missing because of media because of social media or because everything is digital that they've lost this. And so people who are knocking doors are now on the phone are like, I don't know how to talk to a customer. It's like, of course you do. It's like Mm -hmm. be authentic, Mm -hmm. share that energy and just jam with this person. Like they're your friend, but it's intimidating. It's like, I don't, I need a script. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't need a script. You don't need to follow that. It's like, trust yourself. You understand the process. Mm -hmm. of the overall goal and now just share your passion, that excitement and enthusiasm with the other person and they will get excited. Exactly. Who, where is the bomb? I'm going to drop the bomb right there. Huge nugget. Um, Because yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, if everything is so streamlined for us, the the lack of authenticity is what's what's killing us. and I feel like that, that just comes down to communication and be able to understand like actual relationships, which is one of the things that you really, that, that you specialize in, correct? Yes. 
building relationships and I'm, I'm taking it as like business sales, personal, um, dating relationships or everything and, and how you maintain those relationships. It's, I guess it almost, it almost determines your, your success because better relationships to have the better relationships you have, the more opportunities you'll have for you down the road. So communication to me is working all the hours. Yeah. That's what I have translated. It's like communication equals working all the hours. Obviously staying positive is not demeaning other people, not talking bad about other people and really uplifting. You know, my ex-husband taught me a very, very valuable principle in honoring all people that come into my space, whether it's temporarily, whether they're just on my sales team, whether it's somebody I work with or in a relationship with or whatever. He was such a powerful example of honoring all people. And I remember there was a point where I didn't believe in myself at the level that I do now, that the self-confidence, the self-love just wasn't quite there. And he saw me before I saw me. And he always positioned me in a way to win. And I thought about that and I'm like, man, so right now I'm, I'm building this women empowerment movement because I'm like, you know, for women, finding other women that empower women is kind of rare. Like mm-hmm. we as women tend to revert and we're more isolated and we're a little bit nervous to get out there or we just don't even want to try because of such bad experiences in the past. And coming into a space where another woman sees me and is like, Oh my gosh, like you are crushing it. I'm like, man, like that feels so good to be empowered by another woman who understand, like really emotionally understands the trials and tribulations, the, the mud I had a trench through to get where I'm men. It's like, Oh cool. You're a rock star or whatever. They don't understand the emotional portion. Mm-hmm. And so communication is so powerful in that sense. And so anyways, I, that is so important to me and it trickles down into all business relationships. And a lot of my business relationships convert to friendships. It's just like customers. I have customers who still call me. They add me on Facebook. They're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I know you probably don't remember me back from 2011, but you knocked on my door and this is how the system has life. And I moved now and I transferred the system and I got upgraded stuff, but they care and Mm -hmm. I care. It's like, you still, obviously you still have my number. You can contact me anytime, but it's not just a business transaction. It's now converting into relationships. And I can tell you the people that I have done business with, even just customers have created such powerful apps or um, business ideas or whatever. And I've had the opportunity to just collaborate mm-hmm. and all of that collaboration time has assisted me in growing to a whole nother level. And there's nobody who's done it better than Sam. I look at Sam all the people that he's collaborating with, just like you, you're building your podcast, you're making all these connections, you're learning, you're growing. And in essence, you will then turn your growth and knowledge into something bigger. That's exactly what Sam did. He's like, here's all these people with the same mission, the same drive. What can I do to be a leader and step up in the industry and pave a way for all of these people to come together and hum in one direction? Mm-hmm. and make it flow there you go um 
Yeah. Going back to Sam, Sam's great. Sam's a great example of just uniting the people because it was very, very cutthroat. Yes. Yes. It's, 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 it still kind of is, but going back, we're in an era where everybody's going to find everybody is going to find out. You can't do stuff that you used to do in the past. That's just that, that stuff won't, won't fly anymore. So now we're, now we're in, in a space to where authenticity, people who are genuine, right? And who haven't, who weren't, who didn't just flip the switch and, you know, do it overnight. You know, these people are doing it for years and years and years, right? Um, that's, that's how you build lasting success. And, it, you know, just being able to communicate. What I think is super awesome is the fact that your, your old customers are now hitting you up on, on Facebook. That just, it speaks volume to what you can do. And it speaks volume to the, the amount of value that you were able to add to that person. Right. You know, I think about quality. Quality mm-hmm. is the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. I would take quality over quantity any day. I remember we used to track metrics of quality mm-hmm. when we pulled alarms. It was like collect 198 activation, um, have X amount of points, uh, you know, excellent credit, whatever. And I noticed that in paying attention to quality, allowed me to build value for my customers. And it wasn't, this is like where the emotion came in. And this is why for women, it's such an easy sale because building that value was wrapping in the emotion with it and saying, okay, this is what your system does. Here's like the very basic system. Here's, you know, I'm going to cover your door, your two back doors, add a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide. Most homes don't have monitored carbon monoxide. They don't have monitored carbon monoxide. Um, and so here's your basic system, but adding value. It's like, I know as a busy mom, and this is like prior, right? I have to put myself in the customer's shoes and say, how can I build value for this person? It's not just about a sale because it'd be really easy for me to just generate a sale, a lead, close it, and then move on. But how do I make sure that this person lives and breathes this product the way that I do? In order for me to do that, I have to build a value. And so I have to see all of these parts. And maybe this is just the way I think. I don't know that any other salespeople think this way. Maybe they do. Um, But my thought process behind it is understanding how each piece of equipment works what its function is and how it actually assists the customer. So when I think about a camera, it's like, okay, well, let me just run through a list of things. Do they have kids? Is there a babysitter? Do they have um, valuable things that they absolutely love in their home? Do they have valuable things outside of their home that they love? Then it's like, okay, then I knew how to push hot buttons or do they have housekeepers? Do they have gardeners? Do they have um, a really old thermostat? Are they, you know, in West Texas where it's super hot and they're running their AC all the time? Mm -hmm. What, what do these pieces of equipment do? What's their function and how can they bless people's lives? And then building value around that. This is going to save you money. This is going to, you know, make sure your kids aren't sneaking out at night. This is going to ensure that your babysitters never harm your kid. 
This is mm -hmm. to make sure that nobody steals tools off of your truck. This is to make sure that when your wife is at home, she never has to answer the door without you. Now you can just hop on your phone and do it from there. You never have to come home in a dark house and, and literally going through all these things, painting the picture, right? Mm -hmm. And painting that picture takes people, their customers through this emotional journey of like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, that's going to save me so much time, or I'm going to feel safer just from my lights being on and not having to be on all day, but just at night when I come home, mm -hmm. I know that I can lock my door and I don't even have to get out of my bed. I know that I can check the cameras to make sure that nobody's outside my house when my husband is out of town. All these things, I could paint a picture, build value, which ultimately kept my clients, my customers retention high because there was so much value there. Mm -hmm. And I took what I learned there and applied that into my life now into relationships, that quality that I invested in each of those customers. I'm now applying those same principles into my relationships, both personal and professional. And that alone defines me people want to do business with me because I, for me personally, because I am so focused on that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it creates a, a very trusting, transparent connection. It does. And it, it goes back into what, what, what I'm understanding is um, you're, you're attracting people that are on your same frequency, going back to the law of attraction, you attract who you are, right? You attract the type of people you want to be around. Um, and the, literally the last podcast, I was talking to this guy named River Skinner and, um, we I talked love about, River. he's, he's, he's a cool dude. Like we jammed really hard for that podcast and it was literally just a jam session. We just talked and it was so fluid, gratitude, um, abundance yes. mindset, growth mindset. But one of the things that, that we touched on was referencing another guy, uh, Mitch Matthews, right? Attract, yes. don't, don't recruit. Right. Um, yes. And it just goes back to everybody's on, on a different frequency, right? The more work you put in, the more hours you knock, the more positive you are, your frequency gets higher and higher and higher, which means that people, which means people who are doing the same amount of work, right? Who are being successful in their life, their, their, their frequency is going up and up and up. So who do you want to be around? You want to be around the same people on your level, if not higher. Absolutely. So, so it's, it's so ahead. crazy how everything is just relating all into one. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm absolutely loving this. You know, it's interesting because I was thinking about this, um, stepping away from the DDD experts was the hardest decision. I mean, it was probably a harder decision than getting divorced. <laughs> It was, and, and I did lightly because that was a big deal for me. That was not a, a decision I made lightly because I'm so passionate. My heart and soul is there. It is still there. All mm -hmm. of my love still goes there, but there was something calling me and I'm literally sitting in Arizona right now. Um, this all is like super fresh just happened. And I came down to Arizona for a couple of weeks to just decompress to get really clear on what I'm committed to create and, and where I want to move forward and how I want to move forward. And it's very interesting to see 
the people that are coming into my space. The power of leaders. So, you know, I laugh. I've been following Ali Zamani. Do you follow him on social media? Yes, I do. Super funny guy. Social media king. I mean, he is like the king of creating branding and excitement and engagement. And just like he is this powerhouse. And over the last week, I, I have just been in the same space, been on many Zoom calls with him and the energy and that vibration that he's operating at. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've tapped into this new frequency and I'm like, there's something that I'm not seeing, but I'm feeling. Uh-huh. And as I've come down here, I have laid the groundwork all along, right? But I didn't realize that I'm at like the top of the step and mm-hmm. I look down and it's like, you know, in China, the, all the stairs. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, uh, <laughs> have you ever seen Ace Ventura? I love Ace Ventura. <laughs> I love you know, Ace Ventura. The goes yeah, all yeah, the slinky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my mind, I'm like at the top of the stairs and I didn't realize that I've been building this staircase all along. And all of a sudden I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm way up here. And in my mind, I'm still back at the bottom step. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh man, I still have so much to learn and grow. I hired a business coach, Richie Norton. He's one of the top 100 coaches in the world. Most powerful man I have ever met. He wrote the book called The Power of Starting Something Stupid. Mm-hmm. And I had this really stupid idea that I had kind of dabbled to a few people and I said, hey, you know, I have this idea. I don't really know what I can do with it. It's just an idea. And I had the opportunity to collaborate with a CEO down here in Arizona and to see what we can create with my stupid idea was so powerful. And I thought to myself, had I not acted to literally sever a part of my heart that I was, that I still so passionately believe in, If I didn't take that leap and trust myself to work the hours, to go forward and have this conversation, because when I got down here, I had no intention of having that conversation. And I literally asked myself, why not? Just like you, why not? Mm -hmm. I have the conversation and all of a sudden it's being implemented. All of a sudden it's building and it's a real thing. And I like, oh my gosh. You know, here I am with this powerful lady that fell down an elevator shaft, had no life expectancy. They were like, there's no way you're going to live. You're not going to walk. If you do live, you're going to live miserably. And yet here she is, this incredible woman throwing down in solar, almost 59 years old, like limitless, right? Well, I didn't have this like life altering death experience, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like this decision comes back to the core values, this decision to make a choice. Am I going to choose to be all in to take the risk and just do it? Or am I going to choose to say, Oh, maybe another day. Oh, it's just a stupid idea. I don't really know how to implement it. I don't, you know, I don't really know how to pitch this. And I trusted myself and I just did it anyways whether it blossoms into something gorgeous or not, 
the fact that I took a risk, regardless of the outcome, and continue to trust myself is me working the hours and staying positive and trusting that as I take my footsteps forward, that law of attraction, something's going to flow across my path. That will be my next step. Mm-hmm. Drop the mic right there, guys. Um, that's, that's so powerful. That is seriously so powerful. Cause going back to it just it's just taking the step it's just working the hours i mean what i i think if you, if you look at any, anything successful anything impacting anything that's like that you know like everything starts with a stupid idea it's dumb right it's like this 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 uh this conversation keeps coming to mind so a few months ago uh i'm setting goals with a good friend of mine right uh, his name is dan cranford and I'm setting goals, I'm setting goals, I'm telling him what I want to do. And he's like, stop, like, just stop. Listen, instead of saying, this is what I want to do, start out your sentence, how cool would it be if, take your six months goal, how cool would it be if in six months I did this? How cool would it be if in five years I'm doing this, right? And it, it just, it, it kind of brings it more into a real sense. You kind of understand it and you kind of feel that would be so dope right it would be so dope that you know and my goal was how dope would it be like by the end of the year i start a podcast right just going back to what we're on and i was like that would be so cool but again i i was so hesitant i was like i don't know what to do like there's all this equipment there's all the stuff that's gotta do but it would feel so cool like it would be so dope if i did it it would be so dope if if i were able to talk to like super cool people who had value to share, who wanted to add, add value back. Like that feeling, I felt it, right? And that was back in late late December. I felt how cool that would be. It was, I, I thought, it's a dumb and idea. And you did it. I, I, yeah, I, you, I thought, yeah, I thought, I'm no one, like whatever. But then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I started walking forward. And now, like, here we are. We're just sharing and we're adding so much so much knowledge and so much value to where people can be like, You're all totally, right. You are inspiring me right now because I'm like, Oh, I want to do a women's panel yeah. podcast because I'm like, I don't really have anything to say. I have so much to say, but pulling it out of my brain is it's probably so the most hard. challenging, mind blowing thing. It's, it's so like, hard. I want to connect with you and I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> it's like, it's it, it like, I, cause I, I understand going back to where you saying earlier, you were like, okay, well, you, you understand your clients, right? It almost feels like, have, have you seen the, the, the show Psych? Yes. So you know how like he walks into a room and he starts noticing everything? That's how yes. I am. My mind raises yes. a million miles a minute. So I understand where you're coming from. It's like, okay, I put myself in my client's life. Yes. And I let them know I'm, I'm, I'm in your life. You don't have to tell me anything, but by, by me observing... I know what you need, right? But that's that's just how my mind works, right? In my mind, everything makes sense, but something between here and here, it's lost and then gibberish comes out, yeah. A hundred percent. It's so interesting because when I started um, getting into relationship coaching, I'm like, how do you describe relationship coaching? A lot of people are like, oh, it's like therapy. I'm like, no, it's nothing like therapy. Therapy is like you sit on a couch and you share your feelings and you just kind of talk and the person says, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, how did that make you feel? Whatever, right? 
the gift. It's like when you, just as you explained, you walk in a room and you just see things, you feel things and you just have solutions. Mm -hmm. Knocking doors, I sharpened my solution skill. It's like creating solutions is a skill. It takes a minute to like sharpen that saw. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, so how I applied that into Sam's business was in connecting relationships, like our clients and the flow. And it's like, what works for that person? What's going on in their life? We had more than enough tools to support our clients, but it was building a bridge from them to us and us to them to know that it was going to work. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies have all these disconnects and kind of tying back operations, why I feel like operations and relationships and connection are so essential is because businesses create their, their core values and they have this, you know, excitement of what they want to create. And then they have to plug in employees and cross their fingers that the employees have the same vision that they're on. They're all in sync with the same mission, the same goals and they're all beating the drum at the same time that everybody's in sync. And so typically the CEO stands up and said, is the band director, right? And they're like, oh, this is great. This is exactly what I envisioned. Mm -hmm. And then you look at companies who struggle with systems and processes and they're like, this is not at all. This is frustrating. This is draining. Now it's like, you know, making my days even longer and I go home and now I'm upset with my wife or my husband and my children. And this is super annoying. And I just want to check out, decompress, watch sports or whatever. Right. I want to get away from all things that are not working and find something that is working. Honing in on relationships and connections with employees is so important because they're your bridge. They're the bridge that connects what your idea is to the customer and what works. Mm-hmm. And if your customer, if your employees are not in alignment within themselves, their goals, their visions, and the company, they're only going to be there until they either don't make enough money or they've found a better opportunity. And so creating that culture creating that buy-in is like, how do I align my company, my core values, my company's mission statement with the employees? A lot of people feel like just create this box and plug people into that box, which is true. It's like, I need a skill set, plug in your skills, but it's deeper than skills. It's like, does this person bring the energy into the company that's also going to move the company forward going back to the law the law of attraction just because the person has a skill set doesn't mean they're right for the job Mm -hmm. same thing with with sales like just because they understand the sales process doesn't mean they have the enthusiasm or the connection with the customer they could memorize a pitch they could understand factually systems and how it works and the cost of it And they may be successful because there's some people who are all logical, but a lot of people and COVID is a very good example of that. At the end of the day, want connection. More people now are buying because they're looking for connection. They're looking to have that share of transference of energy 
to just jam. Mm -hmm. It's just this natural flow. It's not a, oh, here's this sales rep. I have to sit through this sales approach again. I've already done 20 of those. I can practically be a salesperson for the company as well. Mm -hmm. They don't want that. They want that authentic person with the personality and the passion and, or the cuss words. Like some people are so passionate and they cuss or some people are so passionate and they giggle. The thing that attracted me into your space was your memes. The way that you present yourself on social media. I'm a very serious person. Am I always? No, but through Mm -hmm. my life experiences, I've become a very serious person. And so having somebody like you, even though this is my first time actually meeting you, on social media, we're best friends. (laughs) On social media, I'm like, I love your stuff. You make my day. You bring joy into my life, which is something that I'm committed to create in this world. And if I'm not being a joyous person because I'm so focused on saving or streamlining processes and I'm so focused in the mud that I'm actually, I'm not creating the joy that I want to create. So Mm. having somebody like you in my space is so powerful because you're bringing out the thing that I want to bring out, that I'm committed to bring out. And Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you showing up authentically because by you showing up authentically has now freed me to also be in my, my authentic self. Wow. Thank you. Uh, speechless. Thank you. Super grateful for that. Um, I'm just, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm just a dude. This guy's is another dude playing another dude as Robert Downey Jr. would say in the Tropic Thunder. Um, <laughs> again, I'm super bad. I'm really, really bad. Um, I'm so grateful we're having this conversation because it, this this is stuff that I genuinely like talking about, um, and it's stuff that I feel like the industry, whether people, let, let's just say people in general, people need to know this: relationships, excitement, being your true self, being authentic, just just it, that that catapults you, you know, to the future. With me, I'm just. I'm the guy who hates wearing, you know, work stuff. When I knocked this last winter, I, I was wearing a flannel and I was wearing cowboy boots every day. When I'd show up to people's door, they're like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, what is Lumberjack? this? Yeah, Please yeah. Please tell me you were <laughs> <laughs> No, I wish. Um, I would just wear like an, an unbuttoned flannel. I wear some boots and I wear my jeans and they're like, who the hell is this kid at my door? And I, I, lo- I love knocking smaller towns. Smaller towns, yeah. smaller, smaller town field people, a little bit more conservative. Um, and um, it, it, it's, it's just, oh, it's just a way, way better feel. Um, but yeah, again, that's just who I am. I love making dad jokes. I love making fun of myself at the door. And everybody remembers me as that big brown dude who just can't stop making fun of himself. You know what? <laughs> Speaking of brown people. So I remember knocking in Alabama. This is totally off topic, but I remember knocking in Alabama and this lady said, Hmm, you're not black and you're not white. What are you? And I was like, Oh, I'm Polynesian. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I love football. Come on in. I can't (laughs) wait to talk to you about the game. And I was just like, this is so weird. What's happening right now? Yeah. 
Oh my, and that, that happens to me a ton. Um, before we were talking, uh, before we started the podcast, what, so I spent about five or six months in Australia in 2019, right? And people in Australia could not figure out who I was. They would see me, I would start talking to them, and they're like, okay, you look Polynesian, but you don't sound Polynesian. You sound American, but you don't look American. And they're like, where the hell are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm American, but my parents are from Mexico. And it's the first time, I kid you not, the first time in my life people have ever said, where's Mexico? I was like, what the, what the heck? Are you kidding me? They I was, have no idea. No, oh I was like, like most, so, so most people are like, okay, like where, where is that from? They're like, you look, I, I don't know. I, I love it because you see me and just big brown dude. You hear me talk like he's doesn't sound mexican he sounds kind of white but i he's just so confusing but yeah i i i, I relate to that 100 percent. you know uh i went through this year-long training this last year and something i got in touch with um just more on a personal level is i was having this cultural identity crisis story where, of my life yeah it's like i'm polynesian a lot of people think I'm from Spain or I'm Hispanic mm -hmm. because I have hazel eyes. So they weren't really sure. And then, or they thought I was native American, but I grew up. I mean, my dad is full Samoan and my mom is Caucasian. So I didn't grow up culturally at all. It was very like all of my Polynesian cousins just called me Barbie because to them, I was so white. I was mm -hmm. not that like, hard Polynesian or, you know, I don't have like that curly Polynesian hair. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't feel like I fit in on my Polynesian side. I didn't fit in as a Caucasian because I was Brown and it was just like this weird limbo thing. And I'm like, man, I never really thought about it until now as an adult. And I look at my daughter, she is white as can be blonde hair, blue eyes. And I go to the store and a lot of people are like, oh, are you the nanny? And I'm like, no, that's my kid. I know we don't really look alike because she's super white. But it was just so interesting that I had this, this identity crisis of like, who am I? But there was something being out on the doors that I never, that never crossed my path. It was just like connecting. Yeah. I think about Coca-Cola, right? Yeah. Coca-Cola has their, their, uh, I forget their slogan, but it's like, you know, everybody understands Coca-Cola. It makes everybody smile. It's like smiling. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. culture, every link, everybody understands what a smile means. And everybody understands how yummy a Coke is. Mm -hmm. Bomb. I love <laughs> and it. So that sales to me, that ultimate connection, mm -hmm. that, that vibration, everything is just all knowing. Doesn't matter race, gender, anything. It's all just like equal. Sales equals smiles. <laughs> mm -hmm. There you go. Sales equals smiles, guys. Both start with S's. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. So going back on this on this funny topic, let's, 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 let's keep it light. You've had some times in the industry, whether knocking, and it sounds like you had some funny times on the doors. Um, in your time in the industry, what stands out as one of your funniest moments or one of your funnier stories? So in, in prepping for this, I was just laughing because I will never forget. So 
I just got into sales. It was my first year and I had a super successful year and it was, I, I think it was like September, October. So we had just finished for the summer and I'm talking to my brothers and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping. And I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to go on a cruise. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Don't you have to work? And I'm like, I already worked. They're like, what do you mean you already worked? Like you are done? And I'm like, yeah, now I'm just going to go play. And they're like, what? They're like, what do you mean? I was like, you work hard and then you play harder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> they didn't understand this concept. This concept was new to me as well. So my brother was like, forget this. He was working at a casino. And he was working hard for yeah. his money. Which, which uh, casino was he working at? This was out in, um, down in San Diego. Okay. What was that? Uh, oh, with, with, oh, forget all the casinos. Mor no, it's not, it's not Morongo. It's not Paba. Barona. Uh, Barona. Barona. Oh, yeah, I was man. like, oh, I got to here for a second. So he was working at Barona Casino and he was making, he was making good money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I need to come out and do what you're doing mm -hmm. because what I make in a year, you just made in a couple months. Mm -hmm. And he, I'm, he's like, you think I could do what you do? And I'm like, dude, absolutely. He's one of those like uh, Eric Thomas type feel. Do you know who Eric Thomas is? The, the motivational guy who's Eric. like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One as bad as you want to breathe. Mm -hmm. E.T. I, 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 yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking Earl Thomas from the Seahawks. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> e. Yeah. So my brother is very much like E.T. Same energy, yeah. same like intensity, mm -hmm. everything. I always pictured him to be a motivational speaker. He mm -hmm. was like one of the most influential people in my life. So he goes, I've got to come do this. I've got to. If you can do this, I can do this. I was like, okay. So he comes out. I take him on the doors. Um, I run him, I, I run a couple of appointments with him, show him how to knock and close deals. And he's like, dude, sis, you're a beast. He's like, I would not want to mess with you. I'm mm -hmm. like, cool. Let's go throw down. I'm going to call you out. So he goes, we're, we're doing a throw down. He goes out. We're in El Paso, Texas. <laughs> he goes to this house, talks to this old lady and you know, she sits him on the couch. He's drinking water and this lady's talking and he falls asleep while she's talking on the couch just falls asleep while she's talking <laughs> so sweet lady has no clue what to do with this ginormous name. now mind you he's like this big polynesian looks like the hulk identical to the hulk obviously she's not green super brown <laughs> so here's this big guy asleep on her couch she's like do i wake him up do i not wake him up i don't really know so she covers him up with a blanket <laughs> hours later hours later we're like where's sean like he's nowhere to be found he wakes up in a panic like oh my gosh where am i and she's like oh you fell asleep and he's like what do you mean like where am i and she's like oh well, you know you came over to sell me an alarm and you fell asleep and so i just i thought you must be really tired <laughs> he's like oh my gosh I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. He's like, thank you so much. He's like, well, I'm really hungry. Do you have any food to eat? So she makes him a plate of dinner, obviously doesn't close the deal, but I'm like, you literally slept at a customer's house. This is the absolute worst thing you could possibly do. 
lady was just so, so, so sweet. But I was so embarrassed. I'm like, here I am bringing my brother and he's falling asleep on customers' couches. It was the funniest thing that I had ever experienced. I've never had a rep do that, ever. Mm -mm. Still to this day, I've never heard of anybody falling asleep at somebody's house. But I would have to say for sure that was probably the funniest thing that I had experienced. Oh, man. So crazy. Oh, I can't imagine falling I can't. I, I just can't fathom it. You know it. what I'm talking about? No, because there's that moment where it's like you've been beating, you've been pounding the pavement, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Super hot outside. You finally get into a house. You sit down. Your body all of a sudden relaxes, and then this customer is talking in a really monotone, slow voice, and you don't oh. want to interrupt because you're trying to get the sale. I have almost fallen asleep in appointments, but it is. It's like, okay, all the energy's gone. Yeah. It's now been sucked out of the room. How do I move forward in the sale? Just get me out of this house. Like at this point, I'm not even going to try and sell you. I just need to get out because I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. Oh man. <sighs> I can't imagine that. <sighs> but yeah, I, I do understand. I've, I've almost fallen asleep in a ton of appointments, but to actually do it and fall asleep for a couple of hours. <laughs> oh man, Sean, wherever you are, thank you for the laugh today, man. <laughs> <laughs> throwback oh seriously man there i feel like we could talk about throwbacks forever because you just know a lot of the same people i do and it's just yeah. oh man oh, man did you ever hear the story about rob slapping a person at the door no yeah do you share do you share so back back in the day i think well i think was it pinnacle no yes it was pinnacle so Rob's at the door knocking. He's told me this story a ton of times. And this guy just comes out, just charging at him. And then Rob being Rob, just the white version of the Hulk, is he's like, what the heck? Slaps the dude across his face. The dude falls off his uh so you have you have you have the, the stairs going up to the door, falls off the 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 steps and falls into the bushes. Like, can you, can you imagine being slapped by Rob? No. Absolutely I have. not. I have. You have been slapped. I, I have been slapped by Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is not fun. And I, I, I can only imagine, like, somebody charging at Rob and the amount of force that goes into it. <laughs> Please tell me you've seen the Samoan slap on YouTube. I've seen a lot of Samoan slaps. It's like the one where he's singing, and then all of a sudden the guy comes behind him and just, like, boom. Uh-uh. Samoan slap must, on YouTube? Yes. It's okay. a must-watch. I'll, I'll, I'll have to watch that. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like, when, when Rob slapped me, and it, this, this was, like, I think a year or two ago, it hurt. Like, really oh, bad. Yeah. What do you mean? Of course it's going to hurt. Was it at least, like, open palm? It was, yeah, it, it was open palm. And the only reason why is because I was, I was teasing him. Yeah. Rob, Rob being Rob, um, he, he has this thing where he wears extra schmedium sh shirts, right? Baby Gap. <laughs> Baby Gap. <laughs> so, so one day it's super, like when, when you talk about bro moments, the first person that came to mind was Rob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So one day we're working down in San Diego, um, walked into the office wearing an extra 
extra baby gap shirt. And I was like, dude, what size shirt is that? A medium? And he's like, no, dude, this is a 2XL. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that's a 2XL. And he's like, bro, bro, I promise you it's a 2XL. And I'm like, no way. So I check it. It's a 2XL. I'm like, dude, this is a line. It says a Term medium. Yeah, it's, it's, it says medium on. It's like, bro, no, it's not. No, it doesn't. He just gets mad, right? So this this sets up for the continuous teasing, right? Every other day I see him. Like, dude, what is that? A large? He's like, no, it's a two XL, and he's super proud of feeling a two XL shirt. For guys that, for people listening to this who don't know who Rob Reimer is, beast, like the White Hulk. Like when he calls me, the Hulk comes up as his picture. Um, just massive dude. A few weeks go by, we're in his office and we're just joking around, just continuously joking. And um, I'm like, dude, you, you, you got to stop wearing your wife's shirts. You have to stop wearing like large shirts. And he <laughs> slaps me and it hits me across like the face and the neck. So he gets cheek and neck. I had his, I had his handprint on me for five hours. <laughs> It's all like swollen. And it's big. all like swollen. <laughs> Did you spit when he slapped you? Was no. it one of the slow mo like? <laughs> no, it, it all happened so fast. I was like, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> it was me and a few other. It was like me and this other girl from operations in the office, and we're like, "Did that just happen?" Like at for at first I was like that didn't hurt I was just more in shock that it happened I was like what the hell and then later I just felt like his handprint like pulsating and I was like yep that that's gonna hurt absolutely oh man <sighs> funny I have to, I have to know what was the best throwdown in your office ooh. Rob threw somebody. That's uh, that's that's another story. He threw uh, somebody. Yeah. Um, but the best throwdown. I can't. Okay, so one of the top ones was. Man, I can't. Oh, so I was selling out in Long Island with Aptive, um, and it was a brother and sister rival rivalry. Right, the sister had just started to get really good. Abby. Abby Rollins, if you're hearing this, you're a beast. Um, but her brother, Jake Baker, they were going like kind of neck and neck, right? Um, and we had, we lived in these townhomes, like around these little ponds, and the ponds were just disgusting. Like <laughs> mosquitoes, like it was just oh bad. So yeah. a loser had to jump in, and we literally threw him in the pond and would not let him come out for a couple minutes. No. Yeah. It's like one of those that smells like sewage and you're just like. Well, not, not that bad because they had like a filtration system. But if you went in, grabbed a glass from inside the house and pulled some water out, it would look disgusting. And they would smell funky too. Yeah, super bad. That's probably one of the ones that stands out the most. But the story about Rob, we were, we're in a correlation meeting. Um, it was Thomas, Rob, and I think Corey Vanderpool was there. I'm not sure if you know who Corey is. Okay, so um, we're in this house. We're like, you know, we're all fired up. We're, we're about to start a competition week. And, you know, one of the things is we all come in and just kind of like super bro moment. Everybody's like, yeah, 
we're all super jacked. And then Rob goes to push somebody, you know, kind of like, yeah, let's go. This, this dude legit flies across the room. We're, we're like meeting in somebody's house. He's in there. They're in one corner of the room. This dude flies across, diagonally across the room, falls behind the couch into the wall. It's just sitting there. It's like, what the hell just happened? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love Rob. I have so many funny stories with Rob. I haven't seen him in forever. Yeah, super cool, dude. Um, but one of the things that when, when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about communication and just smiles, smiles and sells, do you know who Matt Collins is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Collins, I think, is the king of smiles. Goofiest smile. If you ever see him smile, you start smiling. You just start laughing. Have you ever played? Have you ever played a game? Um, and a lot of people play it on road trips, but you—it's a laughing game. Mm-mm. You have to—you have to create. Um, you can't do the same laugh mm-hmm. as the same person. And, anyways, I remember—I remember being out in El Paso playing this laughing game with a couple reps. Mm-hmm. And I remember Santiago. <laughs> shout out to Santi. <laughs> He's like, Lindsay, in Argentina, you can't knock on people's doors because their houses will fall. And so you have to clap really loud. And so <laughs> we went out and knocked doors. And instead of knocking on the door, we just clapped really loud. Mm-hmm. And we were like, hey, we're at your door. And I'm like, I can't believe we did that. Like looking back, I'm like, I'm surprised we didn't get shot. They didn't call the cops on us. It was like completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm super curious to see, did you or any of your teammates or know of anyone who did stupid stuff like that to break the ice with customers to get a different response other yes. than I'm not interested? Um, one of the guys who I sold with, his name is Dan Cranford. One of the funniest people I've, I've ever met in my life. Just this cowboy from Montana who ended up in California selling solar. Um, he would just go off tangent like this one lady i I think there's a video of it i'll I'll have to look for it but she just starts talking about the sky falling and her ceiling falling and he just kept on going with her with her the best part of the video the best part of the pitch is he just agreed with her and he just stopped like long like three minute pause like just straight like no one's talking. You can hear the kids, you know, in the neighborhood riding on their bikes. No, nothing was said. And then he's, and then he's like, yep. And then he just walks away. He didn't transition. No, he didn't transition. It was just, it was just done. Okay. I know you've been in that type of sale where it's like, I'm not going to talk. And the first person to talk is going to be closing the deal. Like, dead silence mm-hmm. teaching people that discomfort of just sitting there not saying anything and either looking at them or looking down it's like i'm not i'm not even going to make eye contact with you mm-hmm. and we're just going to sit here until you say that you're in mm-hmm. oh i i love those situations i don't know why so me and my two best friends we, we've been in a lot of situations where that's just what we find ourselves in so i'm i'm used to it I'm comfortable in it. I, 
I can do pretty well in it if it's me. But if I'm kind of in the back watching it, oh, I love that stuff. I love, I, I live for those moments. So Sam wants to create a documentary, which I think is super powerful. Um, the DDD Association um, has been collaborating ways to make it happen. And it's so interesting because I would love to capture those moments, those awkward moments where it's like, uh, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Oh, that would be, I feel like it, it, would, it would be mainly cringe, but like, okay, like it's almost like it's cringe, but you laugh at it because you understand it. And it goes back to your memes, right? It's like <laughs> the things that are true that nobody says, and it just makes everything light and so funny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm writing that down to make a, a silent pause meme. Where's my paper? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to make that later. But, yeah, dope. Um, well, I don't want to take Lindsay too much more of your time. We've jammed a ton. If, if we could, we could just talk about stories all day. But what I will say is, if Sam wants to do that, I'll help him out. Like we can put it out on his page, we can put it on my page. I guarantee you we, we can probably find some footage. Yeah, it's literally one of his biggest dreams to fulfill. So the more support oh. that he can get for that, the more power to everybody. Oh heck yeah. I get freaking video submissions every day of people just doing random stuff out on the doors. Back to what we were talking about earlier, real quick. Um, when I was in Long Island, my favorite thing is we would just drop like random words to say in a pitch. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, one of them was crustaceous, uh, ter pterodactyls. Uh, we used to have to say the phrase right meow. Um, <laughs> I literally just texted <laughs> someone yesterday, like, I'm going to do it right meow. Right meow. Meow. <laughs> But the thing is, we have to get videos of it. So there's guys pitching like, oh, have you guys been seeing like all of the pterodactyls like up in the eaves and like the pterodactyls <laughs> coming down? And to see like people's reactions like, this guy really just said pterodactyls. <laughs> <laughs> like, did he mean to say pterodactyls? Some, I, I, was, I, was, I remember I used uh, crustaceous, crustaceous earth. That's what it was, crustaceous earth. And this guy used to say that this guy was convinced that he was buying a product called crustaceous earth for his pest control. And I'm sitting there like, Doesn't, are you sure it's crustaceous earth? Like, like, do you have a guy that gets it? Do you have, do you, do you have to get a license to get it? And I was just like, ask it. I, I couldn't help it. It was so bad. It was at the point where I And they go with it. They yeah. totally go with it. They're like, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I I could not make the sale. I remember walking away from that. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm happy. <laughs> I didn't make the sale, but you know what? I I have to I have to leave, or else I'm gonna start laughing, and it's just gonna be really bad. Please have everybody dig through their archive to find their funniest videos and post those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I I'm I'm gonna make a Google Drive where they can go and upload it to. Because, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, well, yeah, heck yeah, let's Those do it. Those deserve to be shared. <laughs> yeah, there is going to be an influx of them. 
insane amount. Um, well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you have a lot of things you want to do, uh, a lot of things you got to do while you're out in Arizona. Um, so I'm just going to leave this last little bit open to you. If there's anything you want to say, anywhere you want to add value on, the stage is yours. We have covered so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, my I feel like everything I said is is powerful. It's all that I wanted to say. Um, the thing that I'll leave you with is just remembering that that transference of energy not only closes deals, but it builds value in relationships and truly does deepen connections, not just with the people that you work with, but the people that are in your daily lives. So whether it's your mom, girlfriend, wife, husband, sisters, cousins, children, that same transference of energy that you give to customers that I give to customers is the same energy that people are looking for in your personal relationships. That is huge. Guys, go back, take notes. As you said, we talked about a lot. There is so much value in this. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, thank you, Lindsay, so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for jamming. I feel like this was just a jam sesh. Um, and it, there's so much information that, you know, that we talked on. Um, where can people find you on social media? So I'm on Instagram, Lindsay Tuiofu. Uh, my name is obviously spelled differently, L-Y-N-S-I-T-U-I-O-F-U, Lindsay Tuiofu. And I am on Facebook as well. Um, I am doing lots of relationship coaching, and I will be throwing my first women's retreat at the end of the year. Um, crossing my fingers that everything with COVID kind of smooths over, um, but I'm super excited. Um, but my overall mission and goal is to unite couples, to unite individuals, um, not only in their business, but in their personal lives. There we go, guys. Lin Lindsay is a boss. She is funny, and she is driven and ambitious. Seriously, a powerhouse. I see it. In the future, in the future, everyone's going to know who Lindsay is. So, guys, um, thank you for listening. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. I'm super grateful we were able to have this conversation, and I'm excited, uh, you know, what life brings in the future. So, thank you again. Yes. And, uh, I'm excited guys. to see what you create. <laughs> thank you. There's too many people here to be so damn lonely. Yeah.